0: This is The Drive with Josh Graham podcast. Tune into The Drive weekday afternoons 3 to 7 on Sports Hub Triad.
1: There is movement in the Carolina Panthers quarterback room. No, Cam Newton is still on the roster for now. But Houston Roughnecks legend P.J. Walker is now a Panther. And Kyle Allen has been reunited with Ron Rivera in D.C. via trade. Carolina getting a fifth-round pick back from Washington. We'll get to those moves specifically in a few minutes. But all the moves Carolina is making at quarterback make sense to me. I agree with all of them. And it starts with Teddy Bridgewater. His contract is the best-case scenario for the Panthers at this moment. It is a perfect perfect fit for a rebuilding team. When you stare at just some of the particulars of this deal, it's a cheaper average salary than Cam's contract. You're looking at about $20 million a year. Cam had the big contract signed about five years ago, and he was set to make 22.5 dollars as his average salary. This year, the cap hit if they were to release him, or his cap hit would be $19.5 million if they release him, they would be relieved of that it's three years. So not terribly long. He has no guaranteed money on the third year. The second year is partially guaranteed. So Carolina, if they wanted to could still move him without much dead cap hit even next year. So you're talking about a 27 year old quarterback who's relatively easy to flip. And this team has some weapons on offense Where you can learn, I think, in a legitimate audition, what exactly you have here in Teddy. Like He allows for Carolina to get answers on offense. So while I understand the criticism, hey, having a quarterback who's that good might win too many games for you to be the number one, number two, or number three team picking in the draft next year and have a shot for Trevor Lawrence, I think in the NFL this particular sport, which is a lot different than the NBA, and tanking models should be, and tanking strategies should adjust accordingly, I think in the NFL it's much more important to figure out if the 27-year-old first round quarterback you have can be your guy moving forward, and the offensive coordinator that you hired is this wonder kind from LSU, if he's a legitimate guy, that is a lot more important than Carolina picking in the top three. Now, you might disagree with that, but Look at some of the weapons Carolina has offensively. Christian McCaffrey, first running back in NFL history to rush for 1,000 yards and to to receive 1,000 yards. Or, excuse me, he's the third in NFL history, first since Marshall Falk nearly 20 years ago, and Roger Craig did it way back when. So the third to ever do that. You have that guy coming back. He's entering his prime. Joe Brady, he's done wonders with wide receivers at New Orleans. In New Orleans with uh, Michael Thomas at LSU. You see all these great receivers they had running around with the Tigers. So I think it's going to amplify the play of Samuel and DJ Moore. Some of the guys, they signed the one-year contracts, like a Seth Roberts or a Kirk Kirkwood. Isn't that the guy's name? Kirkwood's the wide receiver's name. Yeah, and Seth Roberts brought in as well. So they have weapons that Teddy Bridgewater can certainly have success with. Now, just because the offense is good doesn't mean they're going to win games. Like, look how bad things are on the defensive front. Who is the defensive lineman who sounds like a former president that the Panthers are going to be lining up out there if it started today? You bring in Stefan Weatherly from Minnesota – KK Short, I know, is still around. Chris Jones from Salisbury was a Brown last year. He, he's going to get some time on the defensive line. But there, I'm looking at the Panthers' depth chart right now, or I looked at it earlier today, and there is a player I've never heard of who was on the Panthers' practice squad that sounds more like a former president than he does a Panthers' QB. Woodrow Hamilton. Panthers' defensive lineman. Woodrow Hamilton. I don't know what a Woodrow Hamilton is, but it might be starting for the Panthers this year on the D-line. Yes, Aaron?
2: But would you vote for Woodrow?
1: Damn right. I need to know that platform. <laughs> we got to Like, there are a lot of interesting names here. Like, this is something I don't know if I'm allowed to say on the radio. I'm actually scared if this is something that might get me in trouble for saying. But... Teddy Bridgewater is an interesting thing. I was talking to somebody who had no idea anything about football, and they they brought up the fact, oh, Cam Newton might be on the way out because of race. And I said, uh, no, Teddy, Teddy's black too. They're like, Teddy Bridgewater is black? That that doesn't really <laughs> sound like the name of a black quarterback, right? If you hear the name Theodore Bridgewater, you, I don't think you're thinking, I think you're thinking about. Woodrow Hamilton, right? That's
2: why he goes by Teddy and not Theodore.
3: <laughs> is Woodrow Hamilton black? He is. He is also black. My goodness.
2: Vote for that dude.
1: Yeah, <laughs> vote. Yeah, Woodrow Hamilton. Run for office. Like, I, I would vote. This this is not a political radio show. <laughs> but Woodrow Hamilton and Teddy Bridgewater? On the same ticket? Put them
2: oh, on the man. ticket.
3: <laughs> on the Whig party. Getting oh, my goodness. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Getting things done.
1: Yeah. You got Woodrow Hamilton and Teddy Bridgewater, both black.
2: If he's running for office, it's got to be Theodore.
3: You're right. I (laughs) I agree with that.
1: That's a smart man. You got to think Woodrow Hamilton goes by Woody. Yes. Like, his teammates aren't calling him Woodrow. Like, KK Short, he's down in a three-point stance, and he's yelling over, Woodrow!
3: Woodrow! We gotta run a twist! Woodrow
2: Maybe just Wood.
1: Woodrow, it's run! <laughs> I don't know why I find this so
3: interesting. I'm sorry. He's Woodrow Hamilton the second. His dad's oh, name stop. is also Woodrow stop. Hamilton. Stop. Woodrow Hamilton the second. I wanna have
1: Woodrow Hamilton on this radio show. Get him here. I wanna know more. Give me the bio on Woodrow Hamilton. Like, I want to know where he went to school. I want to know how the hell he ended up right now, number one on the Panthers depth chart as a defensive lineman
2: and not president.
3: Well, let me tell you, he played at Old Miss. He started 47, ga- or he had played in 47 games, 25 starts. He finished with 83 tackles, three sacks, one pass defended. That's pretty good for a nose tackle. And as a senior, he started all 12 games, had 29 tackles, and a sack. How the hell
1: is Woodrow Hamilton? Playing in the SEC and starting for the Ole Miss Rebels. And I don't know who this mother bleeper is. He's from Raleigh. Even more so. Mississippi. Okay. (laughs) I was about to lose it for a second. So I think Teddy can have some success on offense. It just might not matter. Like, you can learn what you need to know about Teddy Bridgewater. They're going to give him a chance to be the franchise quarterback. Joe Brady, you can learn what you need to know. Okay, is this guy legit at the NFL level? And you still might only win three or four games because this defense has Woodrow Hamilton on the defensive line. And I don't think it gets a lot better when you start looking at the secondary and half of the linebacking core where you got Andre Smith slotted to play linebacker. Andre Smith next to Shaq Thompson and Brian Burns. Like, the best case for Teddy Bridgewater is this. He's Kirk Cousins. That's the best case scenario. If he's Kirk Cousins, puts up that type of productivity, I think it's a good contract to have for three years. That's a guy you keep around. I think quarterbacks that could play for a very long time, he's 27, not 37. You, If he plays well this year and next, I, I could see him potentially being the franchise guy. Familiarity there with Joe Brady. Like he was a late first round pick, early second, just like Kirk Cousins was, similar build. You can win with this guy. That's the best case scenario. Worst case, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Also a similar build. He's joining a tanking team. The Dolphins, if the Panthers end up in the same exact spot as the Miami Dolphins were last year, or excuse me, this year, I don't think that's a bad thing. The Dolphins, it was all about tanking for Tua. Oh, this team is tanking. This is awful for the NFL. This is Philadelphia 76ers-like. But then the team, with its young players, started having some success. Brian Flores, as a first-year coach, went into Foxborough, beat Tom Brady in New England to close the regular season. Like You have optimism if you're a Miami Dolphins fan right now. You still have a shot at drafting Tua Tagovailoa as the fifth pick. You, you could still do that. Because nobody saw this Joe Burrow guy who was projected by Mel Kuiper to be a seventh-round pick coming, and now he's going to be the first overall pick to the Bengals. So that could happen with the Panthers. Like, we're talking about tanking for Tua, or excuse me, tanking for Trevor. But who knows? He could sustain an injury. Who knows? There might be a Justin Fields-like season that has him fly up the boards the way Cam Newton or Burrow did. There might be a guy who comes out of nowhere, Jamie Newman. Where is he on draft boards right now? If he's great at Georgia with all the weapons that he has, former weight quarterback, maybe he flies up to becoming a top 10 pick. I don't think it happens, but I'm not going to rule it out. So I'm not a big fan of tanking. I don't know if it really works the same way it works in the NBA for NFL teams. It's all about figuring out if the quarterback you have in place can be a guy for the future. Teddy is only 27. And it's figuring out if Joe Brady at 30 years old can be an effective offensive coordinator. So I like on offense, they have parts where you can learn something this season, even if you don't win games because you have Woodrow Hamilton playing on your defensive line.
3: I've been watching uh, highlight clips from when he was on the Patriots. Uh, okay. They have a game show called of Totally Challenged. the Patriots picked uh, up
1: Woodrow Hamilton.
3: And they make him uh, drink prune juice. Uh, he has to talk about uh, the most embarrassing thing that happened with a crush, and he ripped his pants in front of his crush. And now I'm watching him do the hokey pokey with a cowboy hat on. And
1: I feel like I've known this guy my whole life. <laughs> what number does he wear? Like, I want basic information on Woodrow Hamilton. Gosh, we're being so mean to this guy. And the, I don't intend to be rude, but odds are, if it's Woodrow Hamilton as your starting defensive lineman, you're not in a good place. Especially when last year's team, which had Gerald McCoy on it, and some others couldn't stop the run either. What number is he? He wears 78. 78. There is some breaking ACC basketball news that we're going to bring to you, packaged together, in two minutes. Two minutes, we're going to bring you some breaking ACC news to kick off, or I guess tip off, our five things at five. Bob Ryan is going to join us, the great Boston writer from ESPN that you know from around the horn and did from the sports reporters as well. He will join us at 5.30. Then we're going to do our Sports Hub time machine. We're going to take you back to February of 2004. If our sports radio show existed, how would it have sounded after the Patriots beat the Carolina Panthers in Super Bowl 38? How would that have sounded? We will bring that to you. At 5.15. So a lot of stuff that we're doing today. But I'm all about the moves that the Panthers have made at quarterback. I really am. Culture is one of the buzzwords that Matt Rule uses. It is coach-speaky. But I don't know if it's much coach-speak if it's the driving force behind decisions that are made. First, it was hiring coaches who understand the process. All the coaches except for Brady, have ties to rule. Now it's signing players who have small degrees of separation from players or coaches. Russell Okun traded for Trey Turner. You have Okun as the left tackle coming in. He worked under Pat Meyer, who was the offensive line coach with the Chargers. Now he's the O-line coach with the Panthers. Teddy Bridgewater worked with Joe Brady, so by Cam. The former Louisville teammate that he had, John Miller was just brought in to play offensive guard. P.J. Walker, Tahir Whitehead, who were signed today out of Temple, they were on the teams with Matt Rule. So all of those make sense. It's going to result in some losing, but that's not a Matt Rule thing, even though he was 2-10 his first year at Temple, 1-11 his first year at Baylor. Bill Belichick was 5-11 his first year in New England. Andy Reid, 5-11 at Philadelphia. Pete Carroll, his first two years in Seattle, they were 7-9. and nine. This defense is bad. They're going to lose some games as a result, but that's what happens when things are shifting, including locker room leadership. Four of the five captains from last year's team will be gone. Cam at some point, Greg Olson, Colin Jones, Luke Kuechly already gone. K.K. Short is the only returning captain. Eric Reid was one of the leaders in that defensive room as well. So it's going to force guys like Teddy Bridgewater, Christian McCaffrey, Taylor Moten, Shaq Thompson, Trey Boston to step into leadership roles.
0: He may not be beautiful, and we do sit around all day and talk sports. And yes, Britt McHenry, we feel great about
4: it. Do you feel good about your job?
0: This is The Drive with Josh Graham.
1: We're going to enter the Sports Hub time machine in just a minute or two. Bob Ryan, the great writer from ESPN, going to join us in 15 minutes. But Robert just brought up something that is happening in South Carolina. I feel it's important to bring to you in times where we're all looking for credible information. Robert, where does this story come from, and what exactly is the contents of it?
3: Uh, this is from WBTV in South Carolina. A lot of other news pop have publicize this, but this is the one I pulled up. Uh, The South Carolina Governor McMaster orders groups of three or more people to be broken up as COVID-19 cases near 300 statewide. And
1: as that happened, the first words that Aaron exclaimed in our studio loudly were (laughs) the worst state of the union, worst state in the country, South Carolina. Yep. It's pretty bad. It is... Maybe in the worst five, would, but it's not. I can point to things in the state of South Carolina that are a lot better. I'm just gonna start taking shots at states now. My apologies if you're from there. <laughs> Come and get us. are you scared? <laughs> I'm Leave your house. Come on, travel, Mississippi. Man. What do you got on South Carolina? Give me Charleston. Give me heck. Give me Myrtle Beach over anything that Mississippi or Arkansas is producing. Give would, me that. I would say that
3: the river—and there are other things in Mississippi, like— Delaware, what's up? Oh, my God. See, Delaware, I feel like, is a nice summer place to visit. Really? Yeah. Do you spend time in Delaware? If I was blue blood and had money, yeah, I probably would. Delaware's brutal. I would say it's like New Jersey, South Carolina— West Virginia— Okay, I would agree with that.
2: I rode through West Virginia once. It's I, a
3: beautiful state. They do, have, sure, mountains. It, it, okay, they do have mountains. They do have mountains. It's very pretty. But South Carolina has beaches. They have they have Charleston. West Virginia also has the wonderful whites of West Virginia. Which Columbia's is not me.
1: great. I love Columbia.
3: I think it's more the people. And the, the, they're like, oh, get your fireworks here! Like they're like trying to they sell have something, south of the border, th- which is awful. No,
1: south of the border is great. You shut your mouth.
3: Oh my god, I I'll fight like you over that. That's this. where you and Sarah need to go when y'all get married on your honeymoon. Y'all are gonna go like to Mac S- Brown. Yes, Mac Brown actually <laughs> did this in the early
1: 1990s. Mac Brown on a Friday during a bye week decided to get married. Just decided to get married. During football season, that's an actual thing that happened early on in his first stint as Tar Heels Heels head coach. He told that story on this show a few months ago. I don't know how we got sidetracked in this way. (laughs) Let's get to the Sports Hub time machine. We're going to be doing this this week. We're going to try and figure out what our show might sound like if we were on in 1919 when Babe Ruth was traded from... The Boston Red Sox to the New York Yankees, or in the 60s where Wilt Chamberlain drops 100 points, or the miracle on ice in 1980. Today, it is Super Bowl 38, the Panthers losing to the New England Patriots. The year is 2004. Let's see what our radio show would have sounded like if we were on the air that very next day as we enter the Sports Hub time machine.
0: Doesn't matter when you get here, just what time? Back it up, back it up. Yeah, let's go! What would it sound like if the drive with Josh Graham were here for some of the greatest moments in sports history? Today, we find out. Flashback, flashback. Are you guys gonna like kick it old school? Yeah! Let's fire up the sports hub time machine.
1: Fall, fall down. And when the falls down, oh, who me? you gonna I'm call
0: 2004 For all the marbles Super Bowl 38 the Carolina Panthers and the New England Patriots going to go deep down the far sideline It is a touchdown Steve Smith below under pressure and goes down at the 14 yard line Mike Frable, the Patriots
1: sack leader Oh I got this new CD earlier in the week. What is this song, Robert? It came out. When did this song come out?
3: Uh, I think it was like January 25th off the top of my head. This is Yeah by Usher.
1: Oh, man. This song. We're going to be listening to this song for decades on end. I think it's that good of a song. But let's get to last night's game. Tough one for the Panthers, man. John Casey. I don't think he's ever going to live down That game where he kicks the ball out of bounds. Oh, the Patriots, they get it at the 40. And much like the Patriots did a few years ago, two years ago, Tom Brady. God, I forget his name at times. Like, this is what, his third year in the league? He he, he drives New England down the field and... They, they get in position for Adam Vinatieri to hit a field goal again. So it's a tale of two kickers. John Casey, he kicks it out of bounds. Adam Vinatieri, he lines it up and he hits it. I do know one thing for certain. Justin Timberlake's never going to get another halftime show. Dude, he's done halftime
3: show. His career is
1: over, Josh. <laughs> you exposed Janet Jackson on the biggest stage of them all. Yeah, how does he continue his... Entertainment career. He's going to have to get back with NSYNC. That's the only way this can happen.
3: Or just jump fields like, completely and go crime to technology. Cry me
1: a river, JT. I don't know if your solo career is going to blossom. It's going to go just about as well as Ashton
3: Kutcher and Butterfly Effect. Because that, <laughs> I'm telling you, that movie is awful. I just I saw haven't it. seen it yet. Oh, sorry. I mean, it... I don't even want to break down the plot for you, but just Ashton Kutcher, everything he does affects everything.
1: No, but last night, see, I'm not sure if you guys have this thing, but I I'm so glad I invested in it 2 weeks ago. I I got this this Tivo, which allows for me to stop and record things. So I actually rewatched the halftime show. Part of me thinks it might have been staged with JT and Janet Jackson. It no might have been planned. To, like, I've been rewinding and fast-forwarding. Oh, I bet you have. Yeah. I bet you have. No, I'm just trying to figure out what exactly happened there. Slow motion. <laughs> right. It looks like it's attached by Velcro. Aaron, did you get a chance to watch this game last night?
2: No, it was actually in morning. You know, uh, hip-hop community lost old Dirty Bastard. kind of hurts. Mm. Oh, uh, ODB? Yeah, yeah. ODB checked out. Um, so Tough I just, week, man. I Panthers
1: lose. Movie. We lose ODB.
3: Yeah. And the cows are going crazy. We got mad cow disease, dude. I don't know. <laughs> I I don't know if we can if I can deal with this stuff anymore. What were you saying, Aaron?
2: I was just saying, you know, in my sorrow, I went to the movies, watched a movie called Napoleon Dynamite. It's pretty good.
1: No, that looks terrible.
2: Oh man, it's actually like, pretty. Like what? Awesome.
1: What? What is the premise of this movie?
2: It's just this nerdy kid that wins a talent show. Him and his homeboy, what is his name? Pablo, I think. Uh,
1: Pedro. Pedro, yeah. So I'm supposed to get behind this nerdy dude in Pedro? I'm telling you, it doesn't seem like it'd be a good flick. There's it also a llama. actually really good. What the hell's a llama
3: doing in there? Uh, it I think it just eats a lot of ham, mostly.
1: Yeah. See, if you have connection to a phone, like if I know you might have like one, if you have like a Nokia sidekick or something like that and want to just dial it up, We have capability. We could take some phone calls at 336-777-1600. Or if you're in your home, 336-777-1600. The Patriots and the Panthers last night. What's your reaction to it? Super Bowl 38. Because I have another feeling. Much like Justin Timberlake, he's he's never going to do a halftime show again. This might be it for his career. Tom Brady, he's good, but he's no Peyton Manning. Like, this guy... The defense is winning these Super Bowls for him. Let's not forget, it's all about Teddy Bruschke. Like, Bruschke's the reason this is happening. And he's getting older. Mike Rabel, too. Once those guys are gone, like, when they lose Romeo Cronell, if they lose him and Charlie Weiss on offense, like, Tom Brady, he's just a product of the coaching. I don't think New England's going to win another Super Bowl. Like, Tom Brady... This guy, he's out of the league in a few years. Like, are you serious? This quarterback who was splitting time with Drew Henson just a few years ago, you want me to believe this guy is going to win again? Like, two Super Bowls in three years, that's great, but win another one. Like, win three out of four. Win five. Win six like Jordan, and maybe you could come to me and say that you're one of the great quarterbacks. But two out of three, I still don't buy it. You didn't make the playoffs last year.
2: Yeah, He's clearly – the, the epitome of what you would call a system. There corner. it
1: is. but also No Peyton Manning.
3: I don't want to see DeLome on another Bojangles commercial ever.
1: Don't what? He, don't I love he, the Bojangles commercial. No,
3: he doesn't deserve the Bojangles spot. Steve Smith deserves the Bojangles
1: spot. Well, isn't he in some of those
3: commercials? I don't know. I don't watch the commercials, Josh. I'm just saying no more Jake DeLome. That's all I got.
1: Man, our radio show sounded really good back then. Some of the audio qualities, yeah. And it stands up that ushers, yeah, still a banger in 2020. That's wild, man.
3: How's your uh, TiVo investment going?
1: (sighs) Business is a booming. That's what it is. I wish we had like a tease in there. I don't know what I'd be talking about after that. Would we be looking at? I'm going to tell you why this Roy Williams guy might have a good team this next year. (laughs) Um, What is the primary reason Tom Brady is no longer a Patriot? I've been doing a lot of reading on this. Seth Wickershan had a great story yesterday. For ESPN, the great Bob Ryan has a lot of perspective on all things Boston sports. He's going to join to discuss next.
0: You wanted to hear some great sports talk? Well, here it is.
3: Oh, what an appallingly ironic outcome!
0: The drive with Josh Graham. It's not ironic; it's just coincidental. On Sports Hub Triad.
1: Now being joined by one of our favorites, Bob Ryan who you know from ESPN and also somebody who has great perspective on all sports, but specifically in the city of Boston, Tom Brady, he's no longer a patriot. Seth Wickersham had the massive story that took a while to read yesterday, very detailed, as it always is with him, one of the best investigative writers that we have in sports currently. And it seems like to me, Bob, uh, that... The same reason the Patriots have been successful for decades, plural, under Bill Belichick is the same reason why Tom Brady's no longer a Patriot. It is cutthroat evaluation, all about value, with no place for feelings. That's the way I read it, especially after I explored that story. What do you believe the primary reason Brady's no longer in New England?
4: Approximately 10 years ago. Uh, a lot of us started uh, observing uh, that uh, there was a clear m o uh, uh, that Bill Belichick practiced of getting following the old branch, Ricky, famous Dodger <clears throat> Bah of the forties and fifties, who was famous for saying you the, the traded players one year too rather trade them one year too soon than one year too early, and thus we saw the exit of of uh, starting with lawyer malloy and and richard seymour and and others. And we wondered, will there be one exception to the rule? Will there ever be one exception to the rule Uh, in the quarterback when the time comes? Will he make an exception for Tom Brady? And the clear answer to that is no. We now have that answer. Now, that's that's one of the uh, aspects of this story. Another very important uh, aspect of this story is that it is not often – that the quarterback in question has until he's forty five years of age and has and, and then makes himself quite viable at forty and forty one and messes up a succession plan that the the ever scrupulous coach has would have put in place, so that by the time uh Jimmy Garoppolo came along, Bill Belichick. Now this is a, a theory that I uh, 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 subscribe to and and it's uh, in conjunction with many others that ah we have the replacement. So, uh Tom, uh you know, uh, time for you to think about moving on. Uh no coach. Uh no, I'm um, I'm I'm not going anywhere. And and uh Therefore, uh, Bay, Belichick was fourth, and, and Brady, and in and conjunction with the owner, who always viewed him as the surrogate son, uh, they outvoted Brady uh, Belichick two to one, and therefore Brady met, Belichick made a trade with the Forty Niners uh, that he did not want to make, a trade he made in haste, something he would not ordinarily do. He made sure he got him a good home and not some football Siberia, and uh, and he blew it home in, in Belichick's mind, and took made this trade, Josh, on for. At best, 70 cents on the dollar, maybe a whole lot less. So that was the begin. That's that. That's, uh, that's, and what I was saying at the time was what, Belli- what Brady is doing, he's messing up the whole Belichick plan by being so good at this point in time. But clearly, Belichick uh, was ready to move on then. And now, one more thing is that when they renegotiated uh, Brady's contract last year, uh, he was looking for a permanent. Uh, Uh, You know a a, a, a more permanent status, and it was renegotiated to where he could become a free agent at the end of this year, which he wanted because he didn't feel comfortable. One other thing to throw in here is this: two years ago, Brady was asked by Jim Gray uh, in an interview about whether he felt sufficiently respected or appreciated, whichever word, in in New England, and he said, "I plead the fifth. So you (laughs) factored that in. So what we have here, folks, is a divorce. And there's a third party involved who couldn't mediate it the way he would have loved to, and that, of course, is, is, is the owner. So we have a divorce. And um, Brady doesn't think he's done. And he's, he's not through seeking out championships, and he clearly felt that New England was no longer the best place to get that goal accomplished based on what he certainly saw last year, which is a lack of weaponry. Here's, so, we
1: here's what's crazy to me, though. You, I think we all would have said at the time, if... Jimmy Garoppolo was the quarterback, still is the backup after last season, the one that even ended with the Super Bowl win. I could see Bill Belichick saying, yeah, we're going to have this guy be the quarterback moving forward. And if it was that the case, I think last year was evidence with San Francisco, it would have been the right decision. Belichick wanting to move off of Rob Gronkowski a year before he retired. It proved to be, if it would have happened, the right decision. So how extreme do you believe... Belichick's cutthroat nature to be. If Belichick said, I would leave unless you let me follow my plan, I want Garoppolo to be the quarterback after the Patriots score 13 points and win a Super Bowl, let's say. Do you think that would have been plausible? If Jimmy G wasn't traded, would this have happened sooner?
4: Uh, I guess it's all depending on what's in the head of of, of Tom. I mean, I don't know about that. I'm not sure if that's the exact uh, line I would... I would draw there. like like back. Um, uh,
1: or what do you think the grand before? plan the is? Like, do you think Jimmy Garoppolo would have gotten on the field sooner, or would now be the point where we say, okay, now here's the introduction to Jimmy G?
4: Oh, well, I mean, all I know is, I mean, I think that Bill Belichick probably. Now, there's another question that I don't know if people ask asked too Did What did Bill Belichick think uh, about Tom's declaration to play till least 45? What. Ah. How seriously did he take that declaration when it was first uttered? You know, and, 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 and what, what, what was going to have to happen along the way to, to go and make Bill go, oh, my God, he really means it. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not really – I don't know if I'm – I'm probably not answering your question. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I just know that Bill Belichick felt that Garoppolo was the the, 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 the worthy heir, that he was going to be a, a successful NFL quarterback. And 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 he was forced to trade him. That's all so I know. And and now they he's been scrambling, and now they're going to be scrambling uh, yeah, with, with 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 Brady. And I'll just say this: I so in Brady's mind, I I I don't say anything that's contradicting what I'm about to say, which is that if Belichick had gone to. Uh, to uh, Bob Kraft, because there is a money issue. I don't care what Brady says, it's not about the money, but he wants to, the money is a, it's a keeping score thing. It's not that he needs it, God knows. He doesn't even make as much money as his wife. So we know that. So so,
1: it, and to, uh, to stop you real money's quick, not there are an many, issue, but yes, there there a are, keeping score thing. Yes, there's it's many that athletes expect. that applies to, like Kobe Bryant he, He's
4: Adrian, right, Exactly. He's, yeah. no, he's no different than many others. The money is a, money is a uh, his day, his life is set for the rest of it, and, and all the little Bradys to come, we Know that whether he's making uh, thirty million a year or twenty two or eighteen, he's already got enough money. That's not, the, but it's a respect thing, and it's a it's a keeping score thing. If Bill Belichick had gone to Bob Kraft and said, "Look, I want him. I want him next year. I want him. I want him. I want him. Pay him," you know, we 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 he's take. You know, John, that uh, a week ago in the Boston Globe, Ben Volin, who was our guy, a football guy, uh annotated the number of times over the course of the 20 years when contract circumstances arise, you know, when, when it was a time to do a new contract, how many times do you think Tom Brady took one for the team by taking less than market value in order to allow them to be able to spread the money out a little more?
1: Many times. How
4: many? Ten. Wow. Ten! And so, finally, Tom reached the point whether we like it or not, whether you or I or anybody listening thinks it's a valid thing, or whether you go, "Oh, come on, Tom, get off it," you, you, you know, you still did well. Uh, the, he apparently reached a point where he said, "Pay me." Yeah, I want to get this time. I want. To pay.
1: Adrian Wojnarowski reported after Kobe Bryant passed a story. I think it was after the 2009 or 2010 championship. He he told him over like champagne. They're celebrating. He said, "I did it." and I didn't take a pay cut either. He took it as a matter of pride to say, they paid me what I was worth, and I still found a way to win. So, yeah, I think it's certainly plausible. No, but it, hurt them the, it hurt them in the end, though, didn't it not?
4: It Where did. I, that's another story. It did, but, day. you know. It hurt them in the end. So um, it, There's so much involved here. You know, uh, okay, I mean, in, in the big picture, what, what, what Tampa is getting is another story. You know, we can have that another day. But the Brady thing, we, we want to talk now about the, the departure. So it, it, uh, it comes down to, uh, uh, Bella, now, does Belichick have a plan? You, you'd like to think so, because he's Bill Belichick, and he ordinarily has a plan. But right now the plan appears to be Jared Stidham, and backed up by... Uh, Brian Hoyer, unless they go for a quarterback and uh, with their two picks in the first round near the end of it, or unless they make a deal and trade up to get somebody. Yeah. Uh, is there a plan? Uh, obviously, Belichick is, was prepared for Brady to leave. Yeah. I don't think there's any question, yeah. because he didn't do anything to prevent it. And so... Uh, he's got some kind of plan. Well, good luck to him, you know, we all say right now. He's Bill Belichick, but he's not fou- he's not infallible. He's been fallible. Look what he didn't address the tight end situation last year to any remote satisfaction. He didn't address the wide receiver situation after they except for Antonio Brown, you know how that worked out. Sure. And uh to for, with any satisfaction. So, I mean, they could have had Emmanuel Sanders who certainly would have helped. They could have had a couple of people that might have helped, but he didn't do it. So he's not he's not infallible, but We'd like to think he's some kind of plan in place for Brady.
1: It's Bob Ryan with us here from ESPN. And we had Bomani Jones last week when we were talking about the most interesting possible circumstances for Cam Newton to step into. And we both arrived at New England. Not saying it's the most plausible, but if it were to happen, yeah, how exactly would that be received? What would you imagine that looked like?
4: I, I would think it would be generally, you know, will be 100%. I can't speak for everybody. I think it would be generally applauded because he's such a talent. And, and put him in the hands of, of uh, Josh McDaniel and Belichick, and let's see what happens. And, and if they want, I'll, I will personally pick him up at the airport. I'll be fine. <laughs> but don't tell, me, don't tell me the guy in Houston. I don't want that. So, you know, but, I, but Cam Newton, sure. The guy used to be in Houston, I should say. Yeah. So he was about to be not in Houston.
1: Yeah, that guy. Uh, Bob,
4: yeah, that guy. I want to
1: know, what's the most productive thing you've done in the last week?
4: Um, let's see. Most entertaining, well, most productive. I, I'm going to tell you. Thank you. you. This is like, God, anybody listening, this is not a setup. This is not a setup. Josh has no idea what I'm about to say. I have no right? clue. I want to make this clear. Uh, the most productive thing I did, I just got to doing about an, uh, 45 minutes to an hour ago. Uh, I lucked into a circumstance. I am part of a podcast. This is shameless plug, okay? Totally, utterly shameless plug. But it is the answer to your question. Uh, because I haven't done anything to save humanity. <laughs> I haven't cured cancer. I can't cure the coronavirus. I, I, I haven't, uh, you know, uh, sub, I, I haven't done anything to, to help the greater good of mankind. Uh, but uh, we just, I just conclude a podcast with uh, my friend uh, Jeff Goodman that we do on basketball And we put together, he, not me, he put together Bobby Hurley and Sean Woods, two of the protagonists from the most famous and uh, what the greatest basketball game in college ever played. Oh, goodness. 104, Kentucky 103, and and, uh, March 28, 1992. And we put together a podcast, he did, and we just got through talking to Sean Woods and Bobby Hurley. I am telling you right now that every high school coach in America, and every college coach in America should latch on to this podcast, not because of what anything Jeff or I said, listening to these two guys talk about that game, their mutual respect for each other and their programs, and, 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 and their appreciation and love of the dynamics of basketball. Uh, I was like saying to myself, about, oh my God, am I, uh, uh, is this really happening? Josh, I'm telling you, it's, we're going to get this out to the world. Uh, uh, if you love basketball, oh. you, will, you, will, you will yeah, really
1: and that had me thinking. Podcast. I have to find that it's you and Jeff Goodman, Sean Woods, Bobby Hurley. That sounds great. Have you watched any of the old broadcasts that have been broadcast this weekend? I wonder if anything sticks out. Well, to this is you. a result of
4: watching that game, of course, on
1: Saturday. Yeah. So, did you? Of did, is there and anything I that stands the Houston, out in
4: uh, North Carolina State game as well? And I've been watching. You know, I haven't been too much into watching uh, all the uh, tonight. I'm, I'm, my night is booked. I'm watching uh, OJ in America on Oof. ESPN tonight because I, I I missed it the first time around and I'm told it's, it's spellbinding. It's,
1: it's the but, best thing I think ESPN's ever done. But
4: what I find we interesting... We got, my friend Chad Finn at the Boston Globe says, not only is it the best thing ESPN's ever done, he said, this is the best thing in the history of American television.
1: It, it is <laughs> amazing. It's high, it's high remarks. I think it meets it. But what was cool this weekend, I saw videos of kids who were teenagers watching the shot that Leitner hit, not knowing what was going to happen, and seeing oh. the general amazement of when it actually went through. Um, is there anything watching that game uh, 25, 20, or make it 28 years ago that sticks out to you the most as this is the most different to what we're watching today?
4: Well, I mean, I covered it, and and I was there I was privileged to be there, and I walked out and I handed a, a note in front of Kaywood Ledford, the great legendary broadcaster of, of Kentucky's face. I said, greatest game ever, question mark, and, 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 and it's what, it, it may very well be. Um, watching it the second time, it, it, it was only reinforced the shot making, the play, the, the Kentucky heart. They're down 67-55 with 10 minutes to go. And Duke, is, as old, and Duke is Duke, and they're the defending champion, and Kentucky's been uh, you know, spunky, but you know, this is a, the, the senior year for the Unforgettables and, and all that, and, and, uh, but they're not supposed to be quite, quite on the same level as Duke in 1992, but here they are, and from 67-55 on, Kentucky makes it a game, and, and then there's nothing but great play after great play after great play, uh, great shot-making, great, great... To fa- everything. It's just a, it's a tremendous game. Uh, and then, of course, the stomp. And the, oh, yeah. the, the famous Leitner stomp on Amino a, a, you know, Timberlake, which, had it happen today, he's ejected.
1: It was a light and, tap, and, Bob. It was a light
4: without tap. Without any question. He's ejected at the least. And then, maybe, you know, <laughs> any subsequent punishment, he gets a T, and that's it. <laughs> you know, time. I mean, and it is a, it, it, it's somewhere between I wouldn't call it a stomp I'd call it a hard step. Light tap. <laughs> light
1: tap, Bob. That's what it was. Uh, he, he, but
4: it was a clear, you know, <laughs>
1: contemptuous act. Uh, you're, and, the, uh, you're the absolute best. And I'm disappointed that we're not going to have the NSMA this summer. But, of course, it couldn't happen this with everything that's happening with the coronavirus. Uh, I'm,
4: you know, you guys are my home away from home in North Carolina and, and, the, and the area. And, and um, I'm, we're going to get a postponement until the fall. And uh, yeah, we're going to come, but not in, in a usual time. Like, obviously, we're 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 subject to the vagaries of all this as well as everybody else, but I'm going to I'm really disappointed, but but I know it it's it's going to materialize. So, and it's always nice to be you know heard in in, in your area. Yeah, be
1: be well, Bob. We're going to chat sometime soon. It's good to hear your voice. Uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you. You got it. That's Bob Ryan of uh ESPN and just one of the more delightful people you're ever going to find. Robert that man, he cares more about sports than any person I know. There, Any person I've ever met, that guy, you could just hear it in his voice at the very end there, the way he's talking about these games. Like, he's ejected for sure. Well, Josh, that man
3: just hung up on me in the middle of me saying goodbye.
1: You said before we got started that he is the most delightful. <laughs> he man. was. He was great, and I was like, oh, "Hey, I love, hey, I love Bob, Bob. Thanks
3: for coming on." And all I heard was "click." <laughs> he he had somewhere to be. Yeah, he's watching OJ Made in America tonight.
2: He tried to talk too long after the D was done.
3: Yeah, he was like, I don't, "I'm not talking to Robert. See you, man." I can't blame him. I would have hung up on me I, too. I
1: want to watch OJ Made in America too. Providing you with a kind of sports
0: programming that makes some people laugh. <laughs> but most people just wince. Ooh. You're on The Drive with Josh Graham.
1: It's been very cool hearing on the air the old broadcast of these championship games in March Madness Westwood One's been carrying, you know in the place of the NCAA tournament games that would have been played in Greensboro and across the country this weekend. I've enjoyed that. I enjoyed what CBS did carrying the 82 national title win with Michael Jordan, 83 with NC State and Jim Valvano. They carried the Christian Leitner shot on Saturday. Yesterday, they had the Villanova-Chris Jenkins game-winning shot against North Carolina, the Virginia-Texas Tech game from last year. All of this nostalgia gave me an idea. What would our show have sounded like after some of the signature moments in this state sports history, but also even nationally? How would our show have sounded if it was on the air after some of these major events? You can tweet us events that we should probably try to hit later on in the week. I want to do this a couple times a show every single day, and we're going to start relatively recent to see how this goes. What would the drive with Josh Graham be like in 2012 after Austin Rivers hit the game-winning shot against North Carolina in the Smith Center? We find out now as we enter the Sports Hub time
0: machine. It doesn't matter when you get here, just what time. Back it up! Back it up! Let's go. What would it sound like if the drive with Josh Graham were here for some of the greatest moments in sports history? Today we find out. Flashback. flashback. Are you guys gonna like kick it old school? Yeah. Let's fire up the Sports Hub time machine.
4: But to understand the future, we have to go back in time.
2: Shout <laughs> <strongly> oh all my lost
4: boys.
0: 2012. The starting lineups tonight. We begin with the visiting Blue Devils. Tyler Thornton, Seth Curry, Austin Rivers, Ryan Kelly, and Mason Plumley up front. <laughs> North Carolina, Kendall Marshall, second of the nation in assists, Reggie Bullock for the injured Dexter Strickland. And then the towering front line of Harrison of Arms, John Henson, and Tyler Zeller. That's the signal! Who will take the shot? Will he make a victory yes. oh back? Yes. Yes.
1: Oh, what a game that was last night. I don't know how you could have a Duke Carolina game end any crazier than that. Austin Rivers hitting the three, the comeback. Man, the only thing that could have made that crazier, Aaron and Robert, if I had to think about it, would be if like a player banked it off the front of the iron had it bounce out beyond the three point line, hit a shot, and then you had a second buzzer beater. Like, that's the only thing I could see being crazier than what we saw last night. Austin Rivers hitting the three to beat the Tar Heels in Chapel Hill. Like, I can't imagine. And we're taking your phone calls at 336 777 1600. Give me your thoughts last night as number nine Duke beats number five North Carolina. Inside the Smith Center. Robert, I thought it was just crazy. I felt bad for Tyler Zeller. But Doc Rivers celebrating maybe a player he'll get to have play for him one day. Rivers, who might be a first-round draft pick. this That was an awesome game.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah I'm going to be honest with you, Josh. I didn't watch it. What were you doing? Uh, Beauty and the Beast 3D came out. <laughs>
1: and I was... Uh... <laughs> I you watched Beauty that. and the Beast last night? It was 3D, Josh. Nah, I think you're lying. You're <laughs> I think I know what you were doing. You were playing on your cell phone, and you were definitely using that new Snapchat. Oh, my I God. I think that's what you were doing. You know what? Look, I
3: first of all, I want to say thank you for letting a high school senior produce your sports show. I, I don't know how I got this gig without going to school, but... Honestly, my mom took my phone away when she heard me staying up late and she saw that I donated to a Coney 2012 on her <laughs> sna- on her uh, credit card, so I don't even have my phone right now.
1: Isn't the world supposed to end later this year?
3: Uh, that's what they're saying, but you know what? I'm kind of just going with it. But if the world doesn't end, here's a little hint. Facebook opens up publicly for uh, stock trading. I'm telling you, dude, they're going to go to the moon.
1: Aaron, maybe Robert was the wrong person to ask. Last night's game, pretty wild, right?
2: Yeah, I had to catch the highlights because uh, I wasn't watching it either, man.
1: What were you watching?
2: Uh, threw me a dance party, man. That Gangnam Style is just... I <laughs> can't get it out of my head.
1: Oh, it yeah. is, It does slap. That Gangnam Style is a massive hit. Ah, oh, that song's a banger. In fact, see if you can pull that up very quickly, Robert. I want to see Aaron pull off some of his Gangnam Style dance moves. Oh, I love it. That'll probably cheer Tyler Zeller up. Just tough for him as... He missed two of four free throws in the final two minutes. Uh, He didn't really box out Ryan Kelly off his own miss, which led to a jumper uh, going through. And, of course, he had the shot that he tapped in from Kelly beyond the three-point line. Aaron, show us some of your best dance moves, man.
2: You ready for this Gangnam Style? Yeah. Gosh.
1: This might be the peak of music. I don't think anything... After today is going to be better than this song here. I could see us playing this song on the radio eight years from now. I'm a fist pumping fool!
3: (laughs) There's no bad words in this because I I, I don't understand a word he's saying.
1: Oh my gosh. The height of all music and entertainment. Alright, stop with that.
2: I was getting all hot and sweaty in my living room.
1: With 2.10 left to go last night, it was 82-72, North Carolina leading Duke, and this is what happened. Tyler Thornton, he hit a three right after Dick Vitale said he couldn't hit a three. Then it was was Miles, make it Mason Plumlee, getting a steal beyond the three-point line. That led to a Seth Curry travel that they didn't call. Then he hit a three. All of a sudden, it's 82-78. to Next possession, Zeller, one of two on the free throw line. Leads to Duke getting an open jumper after Ryan Kelly. He got an offensive rebound he makes. You're talking about an 83-80 game, and you have the Kelly three that's tipped in by Zeller. It should have been a three but they gave him two for it. If a player deflects it in, it should be a three-point shot. I thought that's a, uh, it was a missed call by the referees. Zauer goes one of two of the line. Rivers hits the shot from three-point range. I think this is a Duke team that's going to go far. Like This team likely is going to play in Greensboro. It'll be – I think they're looking at a number two seed right now. They are number nine in the country, so a win. They're probably going to be right there on that two-line line There's no way that this Duke team could lose to a 15 seed, especially if the game's played in Greensboro. So that's what I think's going to happen looking at Austin Rivers and this Duke team as they approach March Madness. Coming up, Cam Newton just got finished with his first season. I'll tell you why this is a guy i can see being a future hall of famer leading the panthers to a super bowl in the next five seasons that's coming up on the drive now let's it's fantastic. yeah stepping back here stepping back and bringing it forward all right we're now back to the day man those were good times i think our radio show sounded very good back then don't you
2: Feel a little queasy. Is that normal? Is that supposed to happen with time travel?
1: You might want to step away from Robert a little bit. Like, are you guys following the six feet rule?
2: I feel like my left thumb is not where it was before we left.
1: I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Did we get this did we get disapproved? Who approved? Much like David Tepper, I'm not a doctor. And I don't think Cam Newton's a doctor either. So that's the sports hub time machine. Interesting. Even back then, Robert and Aaron aren't paying attention to the college basketball games that we need to watch, that we need to cover, in order to do this Sports Talk radio show the way it needs to be done. All right. Longtime Panthers announcer, Jim Zoki. he's going to join us to make sense of the Panthers' quarterback dealings next on The Drive.
0: He was never voted most likely to succeed. You're such a loser. But then again, were you?
4: The very concept is unimaginable.
0: You're on The Drive with Josh Graham.
1: I'll tell you what I enjoyed yesterday, in addition to watching the throwback old college basketball games that were broadcast on CBS. On ESPN, they had... Super Bowl Thirty Eight, a, a, a shortened version of it that included local play-by-play calls, had the mic up on the sideline at points. At times, I heard the voice of our next guest, Jim Zoki, who's been with the Panthers Radio Network since the very beginning. Kind enough to spend some time here, where there is Carolina Panthers news today. Jim, what interests you the most about the Teddy Bridgewater signing? Before we get to Kyle Allen being traded in exchange for a fifth-round pick, he's reunited with Ron Rivera in Washington, D.C., and also what that might mean for Will Greer. If we look at Bridgewater first, what most interests you?
5: Yeah, I think, uh, Josh, he's a, a guy that has been around the league for a couple of years, former first-round pick so he was, got that pedigree coming out of Louisville and after you know two years got, got injured, obviously, severe knee injury, and has kind of had to rebuild his career back up as a backup in New Orleans, and we saw that he played pretty well in the five starts that they uh, gave him last year when Drew Brees was out with a thumb injury. So you know, to me, I don't view him as just a backup quarterback who's getting a chance. He came into this league as a guy that was expected to be a starter in this league. I think when you look at all the things the Panthers are doing, many of them are guys with upside. So you get him at a pretty good price, essentially, per year, what they're going to pay Cam for one year. He gets $20 million or $21 million a year compared to the 19 Cam would have gotten this season once that uh, whole thing comes through as far as where Cam's going to end up next. And then um, I think in Bridgewater, you get a more accurate passer, not as athletic, obviously, not even close. Uh, but then who is? Not many in the league are besides Lamar Jackson. So it's going to be a different kind of quarterback uh, but you know it's a team that's going through a real process of uh, rebuilding. And so I think with a three-year contract, buys you a lot of time and doesn't force your hand to have to go find uh, a quarterback right away. You, you'll get one this year, or you could choose to wait on that.
1: At 27 years old and a three-year contract, as you outlined, considering his background with Joe Brady, who has good experience working with uh, with that Saints offense, and Bridgewater last year we saw playing in five games, was very effective, didn't lose any of those games, nine touchdowns to two picks. It seems like to me they're going to give him an opportunity to start and potentially be the franchise quarterback. This is kind of like an audition for him. That's the way I see it. How do you?
5: I agree. I mean, I think this is his chance to to be the guy and make it not a competition. Uh and we'll talk about Kyle Allen a little bit. I don't think it was a competition with anyone on the current roster anyway, but moving forward, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, he's going to have first crack at not only just being a bridge quarterback, but being the quarterback uh that could be here for the next couple of years, you know, leading this offense and uh and that's great if that works out because this is a team that has Gotten a lot of need to have players retire. Uh, they've some players out. Uh, some haven't panned out to be as good as they thought they were, so they let them escape through free agency or release. So they've got plenty of other holes to fill. If they could have their starting quarterback in place, that would be ideal.
1: But on offense, are there enough pieces there for us to make a sound enough judgment on not just Teddy Bridgewater, but Joe Brady this year, taking a look at what's in place? It looks like to me to be a decent line. Maybe you got to figure out what you have in the place of Trey Turner, but Russell Okun is a solid left tackle. you got Christian McCaffrey there for now. <laughs> you've got uh, D.J. Moore, Curtis Samuel that you could spread the ball out to. You signed some wide receivers. It seems like to me that this is going to be a good audition, a good opportunity because the coordinator's there and there are weapons.
5: No, there are. There, you know, you've got, you know, in many people's view, uh, the premier running back in the league, You've got D.J. Moore as he goes into his third year, I think, to me, has established himself as a number one receiver in this league the way he played the second half of last year. Curtis Samuel, I'm intrigued to see if they can consistently get him involved this year with this Joe Brady offense. And as you said, the offensive line was not good, but in Okung, you got a two-time Pro Bowl left tackle. Uh, if you can give enough protection and uh, and get something going with the rest of the offensive line collectively, uh, then you're onto something that at least gives you Again, a fair evaluation, enough weapons to be able to say you can tell if Bridgewater's the guy or not. I don't think you roll that out there and say, wow, this is the Super Bowl team. But you can look at it and go, you know, this has a lot of pieces and young parts in all those skill position players that we named. And you said Bridgewater, 27. I mean, there's a good young core of players suddenly on the offensive side of the pans out.
1: And let's just not forget about the fact that Philip Rivers signed a contract at 38 Tom Brady 43 it's you can play quarterback in this league for a very long time especially with the rules how they protect guys nowadays we're being joined by Jim Zoki of the Panthers radio network so Kyle Allen is now a Redskin. Will Greer still in place PJ Walker he was signed today from the Houston Roughnecks he's an XFL legend much like Rod Smart was when the (laughs) Panthers signed him nearly 20 years ago what do you expect the plan is for Will Greer as he gets set to compete with PJ Walker?
5: You know, I think here too, it's uh he was very raw. He was you know, they really delayed putting him on the field last year till his final two starts, and then what we saw was predictably very raw behind a uh, not very polished offensive line in a team that was uh free fall at that point. So and I'm not that's not even an excuse for Will Greer. He did he looked erratic. So he needs more time, and uh, and we will see if he is even a number two quarterback in this league. I think the jury's out on all of that right now. He's clearly not uh, a starting quarterback in this league. Now the question is, can he be a number two in time, say in a year or so? Uh, I think they feel like when you bring in P.J. Walker, obviously a familiar to you with Coach Rule from three years at Temple. As you said, the goat of the XFL for a half season. Yeah. Uh, So you got that going for you. And uh, so a guy that, you know, obviously uh, played a little bit with the Indianapolis Colts, spent some time with them. Uh, They'll come in, they'll compete for that second job right now. We picked up a fifth round pick for Kyle Allen, who was, uh, again, at best was going to be the number two quarterback here. They probably feel like in P.J. Walker, they got that same kind of caliber of player and picked up a fifth round pick. Uh, from Washington so uh, I think you know again not major stuff I think anytime we talk about day three draft picks four through seven it, it's a little bit of a roll of the dice with any of those guys so I'm not doing you know hamstands over a fifth round pick but you know, for an undrafted guy to get something of even that value back is, is something for a building team that hopefully they can strike something and find a player there.
1: So let's update the quarterback carousel the last weekend change Ryan Tannehill he started things off re-signing with the Titans then it was Marcus Mariota uh, who was in Tennessee as well, signing with the Raiders alongside Derek Carr, who's already there. You, of course, have Tom Brady deciding to leave New England to join the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the uh, NFC South. You've We've already seen Kyle Allen. He's acquired uh, with the Redskins to join Dwayne Haskins in that quarterback room. Brian Hoyer, the Patriots, they were seen to potentially be an option for Cam. He is going to be a Patriot alongside what they already have there with Jarrett Stidham, the former Auburn quarterback. The Jaguars traded away Nick Foles to the Bears, who's there alongside Mitchell Trubisky. The Jaguars seem content on having uh, Nick Foles, or excuse me, Gardner Minshew be the guy down there. And then the Chargers fell short of getting Tom Brady. They said that they're going to move forward Tyrod Taylor, which tells everybody that they're going to draft a quarterback with the number six pick before Carolina selects at number seven. Is there a destination or two at this point that you like for Cam Newton?
5: You know, until Hoyer came back, I would have thought that of all of the realistic spots for a one-year rental, I thought maybe New England. And so I was, it was. I thought it was interesting that they're bringing Hoyer back for a third time, a guy they cut to let Stidham be the second quarterback there. So nothing's finalized as far as rosters go; things could still change. Uh, but Jameis Winston and Cam Newton are still out there. Um, yeah, I'm not one to believe that Tyrod Taylor is the guy for for anybody moving yeah. forward. So they got to draft a quarterback. Yeah, would they want you know maybe a one year upgrade with the L.A. Chargers with Cam Newton just to do a bridge year there and uh, you know maybe view him as uh, I would think if healthy would uh, certainly be an upgrade over Tyrod Taylor for sure. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see if that might be the the spot there because the Bears went off the table. New England with three quarterbacks, unless they're going to do a a Panthers thing where they bring in a fourth and they move one out quickly kind of thing with Cam Newton. We'll see. But uh, I think teams are also waiting for the Panthers to release Cam and then somebody will bring him in at that point. Because at this point, I mean, what are you going to get? You've announced you're going to release or trade him. So that's essentially where he's going to go is probably get released and have a better chance of picking where he goes there.
1: Jim Zoki with us, Panthers Radio Network. What stood out to you on the rewatch of Super Bowl 38 yesterday?
5: I tweeted out. I just happened to join it at the very beginning. These half-hour specials, and I said, "I'm going to watch this. It goes till 3:30. I'm going to tune out at 3:28. I know how this ends." And it's just hard. To, <laughs> it's hard. The, the, the positive was watching them rally with three fourth-quarter touchdowns against the New England Patriots and, and take the lead. Uh, but Tom Brady does what Tom Brady does, right? All these years, so he rallies them and gets the gets them back on the board, and they get the tie, and then they they go downfield to get that last conversion to get in the field goal range and win it there. So the, the overarching thing is Brady is amazing. He was then. He is now. Panthers played as well as they could in that fourth quarter in the second half to try to get that win. But he's tough to overcome in the clutch, and more often than not in those kind of games.
1: Jim, it's good to hear your voice. I hope you're well, and I'm sure we'll be talking football again sometime soon. Thanks so much. All
5: right, Josh. Thank you.
1: You got it. That's Jim Zoki. He's on Twitter, at Ugastit. Jim Zoki.